0: How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings how to set up your playoffs how to determine draft order how to determine rookie auction values things like that stuff that commissioners might be interested in like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps we also answer commissioner questions so if you're interested in that kind of thing check us out it's a pretty good listen
1: You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season.
2: And welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Matt Price. You are listening to episode number 286. We're recording a little bit late in the week uh, due to the holidays. We actually did intend to record on Christmas, but uh, some things happened and uh, our personal lives but uh we got ryan mcdowell back with us and of course dan myler as well ryan merry christmas happy holidays how was uh, how was everything
1: it, it's going well it was it was a good holiday honestly glad to to be past it and and kind of ready to get back to normal
2: Yeah, me and Dan were talking about that before. Like, we love the holidays, but oh my gosh, it's just so busy. And I was saying, you know, I feel like I don't have any time to to do what I need to do, and I don't even have kids, so I can't even imagine what it's like for you guys, Dan.
0: Uh, Yeah, it's good. It's I I love my boys, but the holidays are crazy no matter what. Uh, yeah. And and having kids and candy and presents and grandmas and grandpas' houses and everything, it just makes it extra crazy, I guess. So uh, I'm glad we're we're through Christmas, uh, ready to get through the new year and uh, and get back to normalcy a little bit. Coming off that fantasy football high, though, it, you know to to for it to come crashing down and be end over done complete so quickly. Uh, it's kind of brutal, so we'll have to we'll have to help our listeners get through the next uh, handful of months until it's back. Yeah,
2: and we're coming up on the best part of the dynasty season. Let's be honest; like I, I haven't even started looking at rookies yet, other than the top guys. So I'm excited to to start looking at those and. Uh... Um, but before we get to those guys, how, how did you guys do in your in your finals? I know that I did not do so good. Uh, Gurley crushed me everywhere. Uh, Ryan, I think you put out a tweet that said he averaged forty one point two fantasy points per game over the last two weeks. Here, fifteen and sixteen. Uh, in one league, he in week fifteen he scored over fifty against me with bonuses. And then in the same in, in another league with bonuses, he scored sixty against me. So. That didn't work out. Uh, I, so I only took home the one title this year out of out of ten playoff teams. Uh, so I guess I was on Santa's naughty list, Ryan. I think you did a little bit better though, huh?
1: Yeah, I had a pretty good year. I won uh, I won five championships, and that that girly number was uh, including week fourteen when oh, I wow. think I think he had twenty five or twenty six fantasy points that week in in PPR league. So mixing that in, you know, that subpar performance of just <laughs> just twenty five points. Uh, he still averaged forty-one over those three weeks. Just, just a crazy run.
2: Just insane. Yeah, and,
1: and I had him on a couple of, a couple of teams, and he helped me to to win some titles there. So that was a good thing. But yeah, five championships for me. Pro- probably my best year. At least my best year in quite a while.
2: Well done, sir. How about you, Dan?
1: Uh, kind of a down year. Thirteen
0: leagues, ten playoffs. I made it to four title games. But only only cashed in on one of them. Ran into Gurley in a couple of them. Had him in another one, and just got edged in the fourth one. And and then we have another another league a DLF one where it's points over the whole three weeks. And I just barely got edged in that one too. It took second uh, in that one as well. So I, I guess it was a little bit of a down year, but but good overall. Lots of lots of fun for sure.
2: It was it was a tough season for sure. Uh, oh, just a quick shout out here though to Dan Sanyo, DLF yes. writer. He took down the Scott Fishbowl seven twenty. He beat seven hundred nineteen players to take, including
0: down all one. three of us, right?
2: Including all <laughs> three of us. You know, last year I, I won my division. This year I came in second in the division. So, uh, you know, okay, but man, that that is an incredible feat. Like I if I if I won Scott Fishbowl, I might just retire. Yeah, let's let's so. send Dan that message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan, you're in too many of my leagues with me. Could you just just hang it up already, man? Uh, but uh, do, before we get into our look back on our fantasy predictions, that uh, is going to be really fun for you guys to listen to and probably really tough for Dan and I to get through uh, and Ryan to laugh at us a little bit. Uh, Dan, tell us a little bit about the playoff league that we're going to run for the listeners. Yeah,
0: we're going to run a listeners playoff fantasy football league and we're going to let as many listeners in as possible. Anybody who wants in can get in we encourage you to do so uh you set a lineup every week you set a new lineup each week Uh, you'll start one quarterback two running backs three wide receivers a tight end and then we're going to do a kicker and a defense as well to make sure we don't have too many ties or anything like that Uh, you can't use the same player twice throughout the playoffs so there's a little bit of strategy involved for sure it goes all the way through the super bowl and the winner is going to get a free year of uh, scr- subscription to DynastyLeagueFootball.com. All you got to do to get in is rate and review our podcast. On whichever podcast uh, listener program, I guess, that you use, um, send a screenshot of that to our buddy Ryan at RyanMC23, and we'll uh, we'll get you in the league. You can compete against the three of us and a whole bunch of other listeners.
2: So that's pretty awesome. I'm excited about that, and I'm, I'm excited that you know as many people that can that want to play can play. So that's going to be fun. Absolutely,
0: I run I run a lot of playoff leagues. I, I do quite a few of them. I, I do some big ones, and uh, they're a lot of fun. They're free on MFL right now. So if you and your buddies want to expend, extend the fun, go on MFL, uh, start a free league, and have some fun throughout the playoffs. Keep the season going.
2: Yeah, and uh, you, it's really fun, too. You can run them as, like, drafts, too, if you can do, like, little four- to six-man leagues that I, I often do where you just you, you draft your players, and, and if they get to the Super Bowl, you know, you score points for every game that they played in. So um, a lot of fun. And also, I might as well mention it since we're here, Scott Fish, again, uh, running a playoff league, $10 to get in, and half of the the funds will, again, go to fantasycares.net. Uh, and I, I guess I'm off on a tangent here, but, Ryan, I, I haven't talked to you about this yet. Both of us, we got to – uh, actually go out and and spend some money for toys for tots.
1: How fun was that oh man that was that was so great such a great experience and uh, my kids were super excited to help out and and pick out some toys i was actually i was a little worried how they would react because you know I thought they would try to uh stash some for themselves but they <laughs> they were so happy to to pick out toys and to help uh help these kids in need and I just thought it was great that Scott put so much of his time and effort into that and uh, not just to help kids there in Minnesota and his area, but to help kids in, in California where you are and in Kentucky and, and Chicago and, and so many other spots. So just kudos to, to Scott and, and that entire, uh, you know, that entire program. But yeah, it was, it was a blast to to go shopping and help out those kids. I felt like I was on, I can't remember
2: the shows exactly, but like Double Dare where you won the shopping spree and got to run through the the toy store with a shopping cart and throw as many toys in there as you wanted. I always wanted to do that because that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, And I also learned that Legos are, oh my gosh, they're expensive. Holy crap uh
1: <laughs> dan and i already knew that right yeah I,
2: I had no idea how expensive they were anyway we should probably talk some football here so let's uh make fun of dan and i for a little bit we're going to look at look at, look back at some of the predictions we made for the 2017 fantasy season uh back in september with our buddy chad and we're going to throw his in here too as well we're hoping he's having a good holiday season uh also but uh for the first one most valuable fantasy player Dan, you said Le'Veon Bell. Of course, he had another great season. I said Julio Jones, kind of a, kind of a mess season, had a couple of good games here. Chad said Rob Gronkowski, who didn't finish as a top tight end, but he did finish as tight end too. Uh, Ryan, any, any uh, thoughts on these? I kind of feel like Dan took a little bit of an easy way out here.
1: Oh, he did for
0: sure. <laughs> in my defense, I said so when I when I said val- you did he was you the did. most valuable player. And then, <laughs> you know, that was the first one we did in that episode if our listeners remember back. And then after that, I started to to really take long shots. Uh, So, and we'll get to those as we go along.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, I wasn't on this episode back in in August or or September, but I I think Todd Gurley probably would have been my choice. (laughs) Who who I probably would have said. Seriously, I I don't know. I probably would have gone with David Johnson, and and we know how that would have worked out through really no fault of his own. When I think about the fantasy MVP, I, I feel like, the value that you, you spent on that player has a lot to do with it. So I actually feel like the, the fantasy MVP this year is is probably Alvin Kamara because he, he cost you a late first round rookie pick, early second round rookie pick. If you were doing a startup, who knows what his, his ADP was, probably in the 10th or 12th round, I don't know. But um, for him to perform like he is, and I believe he's the RB3 on the season at this point, I think, That fantasy MVP really has to kind of incorporate the the value or the, the cost. Bell and Julio and Gronk all make sense of course but when you're drafting those guys in the first round you you expect them to put up big points and to carry your team. So
0: we're going to keep that in mind Ryan next year when we do this <laughs> episode and we're going to ask you who the MVP is and when you say something like girly uh we're going to remind right. you <laughs> of what you just How said. hard it is to say that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So I I'll, I'll, I'll dig a little deeper. To be to be on a serious note though, I agree with you on Camara. He he'd be my MVP pick and and before Gurley went off like he did, I, I said that I thought Camaro was going to be on more championship teams than anybody else in Dynasty because he was going late in the first round of rookie drafts, and, and typically those are good teams. So you end up hitting a diamond in the rough a little bit on an already quality roster. Now, whoever had Gurley had a good chance to to take out Uh, The Camaro owner this year because of that run that he went on. But like you said, it it, it should be factored in for sure. And, And when you do factor in as well as the big time injuries that we suffered this year, that really opened the door for a lot of these guys. When you think of Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers goes down and the list goes on and on. Of course, we all know about all the names, so I, I think he made a good point there with Kamara. He's 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 a very good choice for MVP. I would still lean towards Gurley because of that ridiculous run he went on in in our championship last couple of weeks of the season.
2: Yeah, Kamara is a great one too. And the other one that came to mind was Adam Thielen because he was basically like free, <laughs> you know, early, early in the off season last year. So um, another good one. He, I think he's a top 10 wide receiver this year as well. So we'll move on to our dark horse MVP. I don't know if we really have a clear winner on this one. I said to Thomas, which I think is probably the leading point scorer of these three. Dan said Devontae Parker. We're going to let him, uh, wax poetic about him some more. If you listen to this episode t- 270, you would have heard him went on go on and on for about 15 minutes about how <laughs> awesome Devonte Parker is. Uh and our buddy Chad said martavis Bryant. So, take it away, Dan. Why did why were you so in love with Devonte Parker and, and and what happened? What do you You guys totally
0: misunderstood evening? me. I said Devonte <laughs> Adams. So I think I get the point, <laughs> I get the point here. And, and uh, I, I believe I talked about how he's going to catch double-digit touchdowns and stuff. It was just the wrong Devontae. But, oh, man, <laughs> you know, this was supposed to be the year I really bought into the hype. Uh, and I was a Parker fan coming out of college. I was a Parker fan in his rookie year, and his sophomore year. And although, you know, I was falling off the bandwagon a little bit, in the offseason this past year, I, I started hearing all those rumblings and all the rumors from down there in Miami. The coaching staff was talking about him. Uh, players on the team were talking about him. They were talking about that killer instinct, how he was going up and getting everything that was thrown his way. And, I, I, you know, I don't want to make excuses for the guy, but it's, you know, if it was injury, if it was Jay Cutler, if it was somebody else on the team or the coaching staff or or the weather in Miami, whatever it was, it just didn't materialize. He, he made that big catch in the preseason uh, he, he made a couple nice grabs early on in the year. Uh, then the ankle came up and, and everything kind of the wheels fell off. I'm not completely off the Devonte Parker express. I, I still think there's some upside there. Um, his ADP is, is dropping quickly though. Uh, we've seen three years of it now. Um, maybe he can resurrect what potential he had at, at, at one point. Uh, but, man, it's just so disappointing. He, he, was, he was far from an MVP candidate. Uh, he was on so many of my benches down the stretch in the season, and that's disappointing for, for any owner uh, when a guy is on the field. Hopefully it was just an injury that was, that was derailing things, um, but I'm not k- keeping my fingers crossed. Unfortunately, Parker's been a disappointment for his first three years in the league.
2: Yeah, for sure, um, and and I was on board with Chad's pick of Martavis Bryant too. I really thought he was going to come back and and just be the player that he thought it was after all the positive off season reports and everything, but that didn't work out. Ryan, uh, who who maybe was the actual dark horse MVP that that nobody was expecting?
1: Well, I guess that w- that would have to be Kamara. I, I would I would think. Sure. I don't think anybody yeah. would have projected that, but. He certainly would be in, would have been in that dark horse category. I think even Gurley would have fit into that mold. Um, very few were, were expecting him to bounce back like he has. And In hindsight, for me, it's, it's really frustrating because we had seen that talent uh, all through college, his, his rookie year and, and so forth and so on, and yet after one bad season, we basically gave up on him. Um, as as an elite dynasty asset, at, at least I did, and and many others did as well. But with the coaching change and and so many things trending in the right direction, that was basically ignored, and and he was almost written off.
0: Yeah, perhaps we should learn a little bit from that. You know, I don't know if necessarily Devonte Parker is the guy because he didn't have that rookie rookie year or anything, but I'm sure there's other examples of this where a coaching change, uh, somebody else steps into another role on the team or on the offense, and that. That really helps him out. There, there were guys buying, and his price got pretty low last off season. I di- I was able to buy him in one league, and and got all the way uh, to the playoffs pretty much on his back. So th- there were guys buying, but as dynasty owners in general, we should probably take note of that and look at the down seasons from this season and think who's going to be the Todd Gurley of next year.
2: Yeah, and I and I th- honestly think that McVeigh is like just a shining example of that. You know, maybe we should be including coaching analysis and 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 coordinator moves and that kind of thing more in our fantasy analysis. Uh, Ryan Finley, another DLF writer, he puts out an article every season on on that stuff. So, you know, that's something that I think may be more important going forward too. Uh, But uh, Kamara here, uh, we're sensing a theme. Uh, This is our rookie of the year category. I think this is probably a slam dunk for Kamara, right? Uh, Dan and Chad both said Dalvin Cook, which who knows with the Viking season, like he he absolutely could have been. I said McCaffrey, who certainly had a good season, uh, maybe not as good as I had hoped, but finishes is going to finish as a top ten running back. But he actually plays wide receiver. Anything else to say about uh, this category, guys? Any any rookies that that stood out for you uh, uh, that weren't the the obvious top guys? I think
0: I, you know not to not not to go off on you know we can talk about Camaro throughout the entire podcast, but I'll I'll yeah. switch over to Cook. Just momentarily, I, I think he would have had a season comparable to Camara. He was on pace for for that kind of year. Uh, he was used out of the backfield as a pass catcher uh, regularly. Um, he he was getting. High teens carries weekly in a very good offense, and, and the guys that took over for him between uh, the the two that are there in Minnesota throughout this playoff run. Now, you know they put up decent numbers. So imagine if Cook was getting those touches. I, I think we're anybody that's overlooking him as a elite dynasty asset at the running back position is probably making a mistake. I know the injury is a serious one, and we have to factor that in, but but it happened relatively early in the season, and I think we can expect him to be at or near full health when when 2018 kicks off. So I, I, I don't know if anybody's really down on him or going to sell him at a discount, but uh, out of sight, out of mind maybe might kick in a little bit, and there might be a point where in a league where he wouldn't be available at all if he hadn't been uh, injured. Now he's, the owner might be willing to talk about him, and you'll have to pay a dollar, you know, on the dollar for him still, but uh, that opportunity wouldn't even be there if he hadn't got hurt. And and we might be talking about another Todd Gurley, uh, that kind of mold. This guy's in that kind of mold. Um, he's He's worth at least finding out if you can get him in your dynasty leagues, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Dan, uh, as far as we should definitely be pursuing him to see if if there is any type of discount. I do still think he, he'll he be expensive for sure. And actually, I mentioned this on this week's Dynasty Blueprint. Curtis Patrick, another one of our writers over at DLF, mentioned this or brought this up on, on Twitter this week. Since his injury, Cook's ADP has actually gone up. Wow. And I, I can't... I can't recall ever seeing that before collecting ADP now for, for about uh, four or five years. But typically of course, when a player gets injured with that, that season ending injury, no matter how old or young the player is, no matter what they've proven, you'll see a little bit of a, of a dip in their value based on ADP, but, but cooks actually uh, actually increase. So maybe, maybe the discount is kind of, Dan kind of what you said there just that he's available maybe that's the discount Uh, you still have to pay full price uh, but that is certainly worth exploring I bet
2: I bet if we let the rookie hype build a little bit and all the Barkley and guys and, and Bryce Love and Nick Chubb talk, all that stuff starts happening. I bet the guys like Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon are going to fall a little bit little bit down people's thought processes. So there might be a window there, but for, for the most part, I agree with you guys. I think he just was so good in the early part of the season that people are, are still going to want a high price for him, but but uh, he might be available, I think. We'll go on to sleeper quarterback here, uh, Dan Phillip Rivers. That, that worked out pretty well for you. I said Andy Dalton. That that was not good, and uh, <laughs> uh, that was that was real That's bad. great that analysis. Was real, that was not good. Real bad. That was really really bad. Uh, Chad said Carson Palmer, which uh, you know he was playing okay before the injury. We'll never know how, how good he could have been. But uh, any any thoughts here on your river selection, Dan?
0: Uh, I again that really the river selection was a relatively easy one. Keenan yeah. Allen was coming back, and and the weapons were all in place, and uh, you know I like those veteran quarterbacks. I like the guys you you chose as well. I think I mentioned it on that podcast. Uh, when when I'm looking, especially in one quarterback leagues, I look for those vets, and he's he's in a nice spot, Rivers, and I think he can carry that forward to 2018. There'll be other names, of course, as we move forward, because different opportunities will come up. But uh, Rivers is just one of those guys you can count on, and I, I think. Uh, is a low-end quarterback one year in and year out.
2: Yeah, and and the right answer here, obviously, I think, was Alex Smith, right, right. Uh, Ryan? I mean, he was the guy that if, if you wanted to have him for a third or even off the waiver wire in one quarterback leagues, he was kind of the guy that, that, that was the answer this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, were, there was nobody on Smith, mostly because of the draft pick of Patrick Mahomes. You know, they move up to take him in the first, and there were plenty of reports or speculation that, Mahomes would see extensive playing time this year and then they they dropped Jeremy Macklin and it, it kind of looked like this team was playing for 2018 and then they come out you know they come out on fire they are, are scoring points like crazy and they're a lot better than than anybody thought they would and and Smith had a career year I I dropped him in um one or two leagues right before the season started so that's that's how I was valuing him
0: I think the other ones that are worth mentioning here are probably the young guys Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson although they were valued high they they're now talked about in the top three or four or five quarterbacks in our game so so they're probably worth mentioning Jared Goff is another one and I think we mentioned him as after the fact, Matt, when we talked about it, that Goff was a guy worth buying, and we talked about that new coordinator and new coach and, and what might happen or could happen. Uh, I think looking forward, there, there's there's other guys, of course, too. What Jimmy Garoppolo has done these last five, five weeks, that's another guy that really came out of nowhere. He was sitting behind... Tom Brady a handful of weeks ago. So uh, looking forward to 2018 and how the quarterback landscape and dynasty has changed, it's changed a lot. And will continue to change. You know, if if there's a bust among the position, I, I think it's probably Andrew Luck. I don't I don't know a lot of guys that are really on that hype train anymore after all this injury. Uh, he's going to continue to plummet down down rankings. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but there's a lot of really good things happening among the quarterbacks. There's some young names you mentioned, Mahomes. There's Trubisky among others. Garoppolo I mentioned. Um, looking forward to 2018. There's a lot of guys that that could make that jump again. We don't always have to look. at at those veterans that can put up quarterback one numbers because that first or second year guy does it regularly at this point, it seems.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, And I mean, the narrative was what Mahomes for Smith is going to, Mahomes is going to, is coming for you. So he's going to, he's going to (laughs) play lights out. Right. And then did he just forget about, Mahomes in the middle part of the season that five game stretch or so or are six where they lost like six of seven or something like that and then now all of a sudden again they're playing they're playing like they were the the first part of the season and it's just just ridiculous I, I don't I don't understand that team at all um Sleeper running backs. Uh, we didn't do so good here either, Dan. <laughs> I, was, I was with you. I thought Charles, Jamal Charles uh, had, had, some, had some life, at, uh, you know, at, at, at that uh, Denver running back position. Uh, I thought Doug Martin coming back from a suspension, you know, would, would certainly be the guy. Uh, and that, that really crashed and burned. Chad, though, said, said Rex Burkhead, who had a hell of a season. So I think he wins this category, Ryan.
1: Yeah, Burkhead was a good call. It it kind of looked rough for him, there for a little while with the Mike Gillislee hype. And um, by the time we really got deep into that that off season or or into the preseason, I guess I don't know if Gillislee was even a sleeper at that point. He he had cracked the top 100 of our dynasty ADP. If we want to still consider him a sleeper, that probably would have been my pick, and I would have been very very wrong. Just like just like you guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Burkhead was the good call there. It's, I guess I've learned, we all know not to trust that, you know, not to trust Bill Belichick, not to trust the new England backfield in general. But I think the lesson I've learned is take a shot on the cheap guys because late in this off season, again, this past off season, the cheap guys were Dion Lewis and Rex Burkhead. Gillisley was the expensive guy. Uh, some people were still on James White after his, Should have been MVP of the Super Bowl performance. But it it was Burkhead and and Deion Lewis who have really stepped up.
0: Yeah, that's been the the case for a while. Actually, looking back, there was a point where nobody wanted James White, and then he was productive for a couple of years. And there was a point when Dion Lewis was a nobody that got signed, for, you know, off the Browns practice squad or something, or was released by the Browns. And then and then he had a nice run towards the end of one of those seasons a few years ago as well. So uh, it's a good point and something worth thinking about this off season.
1: Yeah. So Lewis and Lewis and Burkhead are both free agents, so it really is worth monitoring this offseason if they end up keeping both of those guys if just how they end up handling that running back position I kind of feel like Lewis will will chase the contract if he can get it and really either if either one of those two leave New England I I don't have as much interest as I would if they if they stay there with the Patriots
0: right something's gonna come up though Ryan I think that, that's always true of the Patriots. They're they're willing to sign anybody, and it, it's not like a lot of suitors were lining up to sign Rex Burkhead. So, and and everybody wants to immediately say, "Oh, well, Carlos Hyde. What if he and and that's just not the." Patriots MO, there's there's going to be, if they lose some of those guys, there's going to be an unknown or, or a third string back off of somebody else's roster, maybe a restricted free agent like Gillisley was and others have been in, in New England as well. That no name that, that's going to get a little bit of pub right when he signs and then it's going to fade in favor of these other big names. And I think you're right. We need to remember that fourth-string guy on the depth chart. He might be the guy, especially in December, that comes through, and that, that's really when we need him.
1: My, uh, my shot in the dark on this situation is Shane Vereen, who is also entering free agency and, of course, got his start in New England. It would be a typical Belichick move to, to bring back a guy like that and make him his pass-catching running back. Right. I, I thought it was
2: Le'Veon Bell, guys. I thought Le'Veon Bell was going <laughs> to sign in New England keep dreaming of course <laughs>
1: uh, all right Is sleeper he following, following James Harrison yeah <laughs>
2: yes <laughs> sleeper wide receivers uh, here we go again Dan DeVonte Parker <laughs> I Adams. said it before we start it's recording it's DeVonte Adams <laughs> I said before we started recording my favorite thing about this list was that you put in parentheses top 15 you couldn't just leave it at Devontae Parker but he's here again Uh, I I said Cooper Cup I've been with him I don't know if you guys remember back in the live draft show but he I was day one I was in on Cooper Cup so I'm excited that's worked out Chad also had a good one with Sammy Watkins here Ryan, that's not a good one. That's, that's yeah, it it's not a good one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he scored eight touchdowns. He's got eight touchdowns. You don't Ryan. know when you can
0: use him. A lot of those touchdowns came on yeah. two catches no for I thirteen don't. yards. I don't.
1: I don't know how you let him use Sammy Watkins as a sleeper wide receiver <laughs> yeah, in Dynasty when We well, must a, have given him some crap. second round picks. I not. hope so. I hope so. Uh, Cooper Cup was a great call though. I. I was. You said you were in on him from day one. I know a few others were as well. I was totally the opposite of that. I doubted the the small school resume. I doubted him because of his his age. He's older than pretty much every other rookie and he's he's almost as old as Sammy Watkins. I think actually Watkins is 1 day older than older than Cup, his, <laughs> his teammate there and and of course Watkins is uh, year, what, year four in the league now. So, yeah, I, w- I was not on Cup at all. So that was a great call. He's moved way, way up in my Dynasty rankings after his impressive uh, rookie season.
2: I mean, I think it's uh, it's up for debate. It's either him or, or Juju as the best rookie wide receiver, right? I, I, I think Keelan Cole has the most yards, I think, of any receivers, but I don't know if we would, we would go there.
1: Well, I'll, yeah, I mean, in, in Dynasty, I'm taking Juju pretty easily over Cup. Again, due to age, but they've both been – Uh, impressive this season and and i'd be glad to have either one on my teams
2: but what happens when you're when when uh dobbs is throwing uh juju the ball next year yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) there's
1: there's there's plenty of quarterback options over josh dobbs anything else to say about parker dan
0: (laughs) he was definitely he was so close to top 15
2: (laughs) on the on the dolphins roster
1: uh, one week. Yeah. One week US. Oh, goodness.
2: Uh, t- Tight end was a rough one, too. Uh, I said Charles Clay, which I actually drafted for you, Dan, and he started off the season really well before uh, I think it was an MCL tear or something like that that he suffered. Um, and, and then, of course, they benched Tyrod for Nate Peterman. That happened. Um, so, anyway, I think Charles Clay was okay, at least in the first part of the season. Both you and Chad said Martellus Bennett. Oh, uh, oh, oh let, let me clarify. Not only did you say Martellus Bennett, you said top five.
0: Oh, I, I, was, I was buying into that narrative as well. Martellus Bennett was going <laughs> to go to Green Bay and take over that role and be that seam stretcher for Aaron Rodgers. And how much Rodgers loves having that... Pass catching tight end there, and it oh, did that one never materialize. Holy cow! He not only did he not do well at all, but he he did horribly with Rogers. He was dropping passes, and and there was disconnects, and and Rogers gave him looks. It, it it just didn't work out. I I don't know if Bennett lost a step or if he just wasn't a fit in Green Bay. Either way, he was far from top five. That's for sure. And I really liked your Charles Clay pick. Uh, it seemed like he was Tyrod's guy, especially down in the red zone. I think if we look at sleeper tight ends of the year, I mean, just because Clay got hurt doesn't mean he can't qualify. He was probably one of the sleepers of the year at the position. He, he really stabilized the position for a lot of guys that were looking on the waiver wire last offseason. Although it was only for a handful of games or half of the season, uh, he looked good when he was in there with Tyrod.
1: Yeah, I would have been totally on board with the Martellus Bennett pick. In fact, I told you guys earlier, not only would I have projected him for a top five season this year, but I think after he, he made that move to Green Bay, I actually put him in my top five dynasty rankings. So He's I was there, totally right? on board. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, I I Totally missed on, on that one though.
2: I mean I had visions of Jermichael Finley in my head too. Uh so you guys were not alone there.
1: Well I, I just we saw what Jared Cook did there last season in limited uh, opportunity and I mean no it didn't matter that Cobb and Jordy and, and Adams were on the field. Rodgers was looking to <laughs> looking to Jared Cook somehow to make these big plays in in twenty uh twenty sixteen. So I'm just thinking if Jared Cook can do this, who I don't, I don't really think a lot of as a player, what can Bennett do? He didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, he didn't do anything.
1: He asked for his way out of town. Yeah, he was essentially a, a traitor to that team. Right. Is uh is uh, is uh, Richard Rogers? I mean, he came out. Roger
2: Rogers had a hundred yard receiving game. So are we looking at him again next year? No, I think somebody else is
0: will will be in there. And if not, if they if they continue to go with the guys that they have that there in Kendricks and Rogers, uh, we'll we'll just continue to look to the to the main weapons that the Packers have on their offense. Matt, if I could, if I could say one thing, I think you really missed the boat. I, I mean, picking Clay was a nice selection; it was the best among <laughs> these three choices that we had, or two choices, I guess. But all off season, I heard you talking feverishly about Uh-oh. that rookie tight end in in New York, and Evan Ingram, and how oh, great yeah. he was going to be. And you had your chance. To mention him as the sleeper tight end. And you, you would have had the best selection on this entire sheet had you taken him. What were you <laughs> thinking?
2: I just didn't want to cop out like you with let him know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because everybody
0: was picking Ingram. Nobody was picking Ingram.
2: That's uh, uh, too funny. Uh, we're going to do one more of these before we move on. We spent a little bit more time than we planned on these, but they've been fun, so uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> let's go to our bust of the year at any position. I said Leonard Fournette. That that didn't really work out. I mean, he had some really bad uh, well, not bad games, but some injuries there in the middle that I, I'm still worried about that ankle. I don't know if you guys are. Chad said Jay Ajayi. He nailed that. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you can call him a bust necessarily. Maybe considering where he was being drafted uh, towards the end of the offseason there. And then Dan with Tyreek Hill, probably the worst one here. <laughs> so why, why was Tyreek Hill a bust, Dan? Or why was he going to be well, a bust? Well,
0: he was supposed to be a bust because of Alex Smith and how he doesn't throw the ball down the field. But something Clicked all of all of a sudden. I also didn't like that they didn't they lost their possession receiver on the other side. I did. So many things pointed to Hill just being that deep threat that he's great in the game that you that he catches that deep ball, but he's not going to catch the underneath stuff to to bring his floor up. And he proved me wrong for sure. Uh, I had him in a few places. But I wasn't that excited about having him. I'm glad I still got him because, you know, those numbers that he posted, I think he's at 75 catches and almost 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns. What a heck of a season from Tyreek Hill. And, you know, I'm a believer now, um, 5'10", 185, but he can get open deep and he still catches that stuff over the middle middle and is willing to go up and get it. So, uh, yeah, I was wrong on Tyreek Hill, and I'm I'm glad I hedged my bet in a few places and, and
2: have him where I do. Ryan, did you have any uh, bust of the year candidates going into the season?
1: Uh, I probably would have said Ajayi as well, and I was mostly concerned with that, that price tag. He jumped up into the top 20 in our ADP, and that was just way too rich uh, for what I thought of him as a player. Uh, he does not have a an RB1 game at all this year, has not finished among the top 12 running backs in any week this season. So I think he, he kind of fits that fits that mold as a bust. At the same time, I think he has a great opportunity to be a surprise player next year. People are going to be probably probably overcompensate with uh, dropping him in in their ranks or in, in, I guess, how they value him. He's going to have a, a full offseason to learn. This Philadelphia offense, he, it, it's never easy when a player gets traded in the middle of the season. And uh, just because the Eagles offense was, uh, was really clicking there was some expectation that he could, he could just jump right in and, and be an RB1 all of a sudden after that trade. But yeah, w- with a full offseason to, to get acclimated to things, I think he could be underrated this coming offseason.
2: Yeah, I uh, I was a big I'm a big fan of his, and 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 I think Dan and I both thought that once that we moved to Philly, like we were like, okay, let's buy, 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 and I bought a few shares at that point, and I uh, was excited about what he could do after, especially at that first game where he had like seven carries for eighty yards and a touchdown or something like that, um, but it just never really came about in terms of being a consistent producer. But I'm definitely excited about him next year, and maybe uh, maybe Blunt walks out the door, maybe he's the guy who goes back to uh, back to the Patriots, right? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, we've been doing the uh, the ups and downs every week of, of the regular season. We're done with that, so we're going to take a look at a couple of things for ups and downs uh, in, in terms of a season-long basis here. So, I, I honestly, I think the biggest story here, guys... In 2017 was the running back position. Uh, I looked, went back uh, to look at the uh, the top scores at the uh, at the non quarterback scores in the top 20 for the last uh, few years. So in 2015, running back there was only one wide receiver. There were five in 2016. Uh, there were three running backs uh, and only one wide receiver, Antonio Brown. And then in 2017, this year we jumped up to five running backs in the top 20 uh, that weren't quarterbacks uh, and only two wide receivers. So. Uh, this is kind of trending in a position here now, you know, after the 2014 class, everybody was a uh, zero RB all the way. And I, th- I think for the most part, the three of us are still interested in building around the right receiver position. But uh, uh, if uh, nothing else, Ryan, we've got to at least think about some of these running backs uh, uh, now in the early rounds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mentioned this earlier today on Twitter. I, I think the difference is there's simply more talented running backs than there was before. Maybe I got a little stubborn there in, in some of my drafts and, and team building and, and going too far with zero RB or, or building a, around wide receivers. But in general, I and, and probably everybody else valued the top tier of wide receiver and the top tier of running back similarly. The difference was there were seven, eight, nine, ten 10 wide receivers in the top tier, and there were 2 or 3 running backs in the top tier. So if somebody took Johnson and Bell and Zeke, there was nobody else you were even considering until maybe the late second round. So, yeah, of course you're building your team around wide receivers, except for three guys who take a chance on these running backs. Well, now there's those three players and there's Fournette and Cook and Kamara and, and all these other running backs who have uh, either entered the league this year or, or just stepped up and really proven that they can be an elite asset.
2: Yeah. So you mentioned all those rookies. So uh, I also went back to look at how many rookies were in the top 10 at the running back position over the last few years, Dan. Uh, in 2015, only two, Gurley and, and, and David Johnson. 2016, last year, also only two, uh, Ezekiel and Jordan Howard. And then this season, we jumped up to four, 40% of the top 10 with rookie running backs with Kamara Hunt, Christian McCaffrey, and Fournette. Does this change the way maybe you're going to be looking at these running backs in your rookie drafts going forward? I, I think for me personally, like I, I might tend towards drafting these rookies, uh, uh, the running backs over the wide receivers, because I think we got a little bit jaded again by that 2014 class that these receivers are just going to come in right in and, re- and produce for us right away. Um, when really it's the running back position that's, that's doing that. And whether you want to keep them for your team or trade them away for something else, you know, a wide receiver that is producing, uh, you know, they provide a little bit more immediate return than uh, the wide receivers are doing so far. Yeah,
0: I don't know if I'm tending to to go that way quite yet. I, I, I'm definitely more open to it, though. I'm, I'm going to look at the position a lot more closely. I still think getting that big-bodied wide receiver that can be an elite red-zone threat and catch a hundred passes and, and all those things is so valuable to a dynasty roster because, you know, typically you're starting three or four of those guys, and typically you're only starting a couple of running backs. Now, in in leagues where you're forced to start at least two and still have all the flexes and have the deep benches and and the deep rosters, that, that changes slightly. Now, my attitude towards the position has changed slightly but I don't want to go all the way. I, I, I don't want to all of a sudden flip the script and now we're just going to talk about these running backs. And I know the class, and we'll get to that here on this this episode a little bit, the class, it looks really good for 2018. But but that's been the true in the past as well, and, and they've been disappointed. Now, you, the same can be said about wide receivers. But just because there's a, a trend going one way doesn't mean you have to go with that trend necessarily. I'm going to continue to look at look at wide receivers, um, probably be more open to taking a running back. Uh, Got burned in a few places where I I wish I would have taken Alvin Kamara, just like every dynasty owner everywhere. Looking back, we probably should have taken him number one overall. But that's not going to change my philosophy and how I build, build my teams a lot. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward like that. I'm 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 excited about the the class that's coming in. I'm excited about the rookie class that we just saw for sure. Even the guys that didn't perform, Joe Mixon, I, I still think he has that upside as well. So, you know, I, I'm gonna continue to build my teams the way I have.
2: Yeah, I just I just think that wide receiver, we want the guys that are in that 26 to 28 year range for the most part, and maybe we overvalue the you know the 20, 21, 22, 23 year olds. Uh, there are obvious exceptions, like Juju. I mean, he's incredible at 28 years old uh, and, and is only going to get better, I'm sure. But uh, I think for the most part, it's those, those – not the old, old guys, not the 30-plus-year-old guys necessarily, although those guys are, are, are do do well as well. But, uh, you know, those those middle-tier, middle-age middle, middle, middle uh, kind of wide receivers, I think, are the ones that I'm going to be interested in going forward, uh, whereas the running back position, I feel like youth is, is so important. So really
0: what we've done, because we still have – eight or nine or ten of that elite tier of wide receiver and now we've gone from two three or four running backs up to seven or eight of those kind of guys that top tier of player just got bigger it's not like we lost the wide receivers along along the same line so so that wide receiver theory or building around that position still exists it's just that there's more running backs perhaps it actually helps the wide receiver builder because you can you can still get your elite wide receiver the real top end guy and come around in round two or or have the auction funds to still get that sixth or seventh best running back to pair with that wide wide receiver so you know more than anything i think that it's just expanded the options for dynasty owners when they're building a roster
2: yeah, and to me that just means if you're doing a, a startup draft rather than an auction, like don't take a first round pick, don't use your first round pick, trade back, trade back. You just don't make a pick in the first round. Get get as many second and thirds as you can. Uh, that's what I would be doing in my startups for next season anyway. But let's uh, let's do let's move ahead here, Ryan. Uh, I am not like I said, I mentioned earlier that I haven't really started looking at the rookie class uh, so much yet. That usually comes in January for me. Uh, but I know you're, you guys are plugged into the Debbie community quite a bit. So talk about these, this 2018 class of running back and, and the, the talent that it's going to inject uh, even further uh, to the guys we got this year. I know the big guys like Barkley and Geis and Chubb. Um, so if you want to talk about any of those, those higher, uh, higher uh, echelon prospects, go ahead. Uh, otherwise, uh, maybe mention a couple of non-obvious favorites that we might want to keep an eye on as we head into like, the combine and the, the pre-draft process.
1: Uh, Sure. So, yeah, I think I think Barkley is tier one by himself, uh, both tier one of of the running back position and rookies overall. And I actually think Darius Geis is tier two all by himself, uh, especially if you're looking at running backs only. If you want to move down to tier three, that's that's really where it gets crazy and kind of exciting for dynasty owners, because I think you, you can have as many as 10 to 12 to 15 running backs in this tier three Right now. And and once we go through and and some of these guys may stay in school, uh, some of these guys may flop at the combine or we may learn other information about them. But as for as of now, I'm I'm just excited about the depth. I have Nick Chubb. I'm not sure he's the clear RB three in this class. I think you could get some argument on that. But uh, he's in he's obviously in that group. Uh, Ronald Jones, the second from USC. Damian Harris is a guy I really like from Alabama. I think there's at least a little bit of doubt if he will actually declare. The player I'm probably most excited about right now and and that I've been watching a little bit lately is uh, the other running back at Georgia, Sonny Michelle. I I think what's going to happen this year, and it it may not be a good thing, but it's it's just a natural occurrence, I guess, is that we're going to be looking for the next the next Alvin Kamara we, we keep talking about him in the in this show and I, I just feel like you have a player like that who's a, a pretty unique and special player and he comes out and scores like he does and makes these amazing plays and we know his value was was very reasonable in in the preseason or in the offseason and now we want to find that guy again and and maybe it's Jones maybe it's Michelle maybe it's one of these other guys uh, Miles Gaskin from Washington although I'm not quite as as high on him he's kind of in that mold but there's just there's just so many options that we could look at and I'm probably I'm not even ready necessarily to go in depth as on these guys but again just the volume we're, we're looking at all the way down to the late second with with some interesting running backs
2: so just as deep as 2017 or maybe even deeper
1: I think maybe certainly not as top heavy uh, okay. you know the conversations we were having last offseason were between two or three, two or three or four running backs, as as far as which one do you want at at one o one? Some people wanted Cook or Mixon or or Fournette or McCaffrey even, and and then we got the surprise of Hunt and and uh, Kamara. So I don't think it's that top heavy with four guys that you'll see at the top, but I think it's probably deeper.
2: Awesome. I'm excited. Uh, Dan, you said you have a, a non-obvious favorite that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, I,
0: I actually didn't realize that the class was as deep as as Ryan mentioned. I, I thought we were seven or eight deep, maybe nine deep. And he didn't. I don't even think he mentioned, mentioned Bryce Love, who could be part of that class. And I think a lot of people will be thinking that he could fill that role of that, that pass catcher that can run between the tackles still and, and make those big plays. I'm just as excited about the top of the class. I'm a big Saquon Barkley fan. Uh, I I love all those names that you mentioned. But there is one really deep sleeper that always catches my eye. I'm a big fan of Big Ten football. And Akram Wadley out of Iowa is a really interesting pro candidate. He's not going to be the 18-carry-a-game guy. But I think he could find a very uh, nice role for dynasty owners in PPR League. He's so... He's so good catching the ball out of the backfield. He's only 5'11", 195 pounds. If you haven't watched him, go to YouTube and look at that jump cut that he's got because it is magical. Uh, it is really, really good. He's a playmaker, great in the screen game, and I think a, a savvy, quality head coach will see him. And I think he's like a second or third, probably a third-round NFL draft pick, and people aren't talking about him like that. But on the right team He'll, he'll fill that role and catch the ball and, and run run the draws and, and all those things. I'm really excited about that guy. Not not to the point where he's going to be a first-round dynasty pick or anything like that, but I think he's a deep sleeper that guys should be aware of. He's a senior. He's going to be in this class for sure. I'm, I'm definitely excited about the class overall, just like Ryan said, but, but Wadley is a guy worth keeping keeping in the back of your mind.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to get into this rookie class. It just seems like they're so, uh, like Ryan was saying, so deep and so many different kinds of talents. So uh, I can't wait for that. Uh, We are running a little bit uh, late here, so we're going to go ahead and skip forward to our downs segment here. And I just threw it out simply. We talked about a little bit earlier when we were talking about our, our dark horse quarterbacks and all that. Uh, but one quarterback leagues. Could we just stop it with them? I mean, a rookie Deshaun Watson led led the, led the position, on uh, uh, a points per game basis. I know he had a shortened season because of the injury, but when that happens, it just shows you how how deep the quarterback class is, or, or the quarterback class, the quarterbacks uh, for fantasy are. Alex Smith, Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz, Case Keenum, Josh McCown, Jimmy Garoppolo, for Blake freaking Bortles. Right? I mean. The startable quarterbacks run so deep, like into the 20s, you know, 25, 26. So I think it's time to make Superflex the standard. Uh, Dan, is there any reason to still play in one-quarterback league? It's so annoying because my
0: favorite league is still a one-quarterback, and I've I've tried for years to switch it. And Guys get stuck in a rut, and it's just, if you haven't tried it, please just go out and try playing Superflex because the change that it does in values, not only in the quarterback uh, group, but also among the other positions is is awesome. It ma- it makes our game so much better. Uh, the points that you made there, Matt, are are excellent. In fact, I wrote a couple of them down because the the list goes so deep that suddenly you you think, holy cow! In a twelve in team league, there's easily twenty four. There there might be twenty eight, and and that's that's awesome for our game for sure. I think the narrative that still exists is well, an NFL team only has only has one quarterback. Why would I why would I have more than that? And that that's just so old and cliché because you know not every league is an IDP league, so why do we have defenses or why do we skip defenses or why do kickers matter in some and not in the other. So uh, you know if you want to make your game better, if you want to make your experience better, the the way to go is is to two quarterback or at least super flex.
2: Yeah, Ryan, you're running these uh, these two quarterback mocks here in December how have you noticed, uh, I guess, the, the biggest differences between drafting of some of these uh, quarterbacks versus a one quarterback league? I remember from the World Quarterback leagues, I can still get like guys like Philip Rivers in the 13th round. So why am I ever even taking one? Whereas in the two, two quarterback leagues, they're, they're much different, right?
1: Oh, yeah, much different. I mean, of course, your top running, or, I'm sorry, your top quarterbacks are making up a, a big chunk of the first round. And then even guys like Rivers and Roethlisberger and, and, and Breeze who are maybe discounted because of their age. And in a one quarterback league, those guys are, are core pieces of your team. And then once you get later in the draft, then you're taking, taking shots on, uh, you know, AJ McCarron and Paxton Lynch and, and guys who we wouldn't even consider in a, in a one quarterback league really. So, and also like, like Dan said, it's, It's changing the value of other players, wide receivers and running backs that are going to go in the first round are now all of a sudden second rounders and and so on. So it it really is a change in strategy. In some ways, it's as simple as saying the quarterback value is, is just dramatically increased. But it's also not that simple when you're trying to build around that quarterback position, trying to find those find those players as the cornerstone of your team.
2: Yeah, and, and it just seems like it's it's going to get even deeper here. The 2018 class of quarterbacks looks like it could be pretty exciting too, Ryan. Uh, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. like These guys are all guys that, that uh, even somebody who doesn't watch much college football in season, uh, I, I know these names. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. You know, Deshaun Watson had a huge season early on before he got hurt so that might affect how how many of these quarterbacks go in the first round so how many how many do you think might go in the first round of a superflex rookie draft next year
1: i think a lot of a lot will be dictated by the combine and and by just where they end up getting drafted not necessarily which team but uh which round uh, i think there's some de- debate about uh, especially allen and well really allen mayfield and jackson um some people seem to think those guys are going to be top five picks and, and some people have them in the second or third round so it, it really is going to be an interesting pre-draft process to see how it plays out and some people are going to be very right and, and others very wrong on on those three players but I think there's a good chance all five of those players you mentioned are NFL first rounders if they all declare and, and if that's the case I think they would also all be Uh, first rounders in a rookie super flex draft.
0: Oh man. We just talked about the running back position, Ryan, and and just how, so we're trying to sell people on super flex and just think about how interesting that makes a league last year with Kamara went even later because of all these quarterbacks that were in it. Now we're talking about potentially five quarterbacks, pushing wide receivers and running backs down your rookie drafts and and how deep that makes your draft. Uh, it's just such an exciting proposition that you have to take part in.
2: Yeah, I I don't want to play in leagues where anymore where quarterback isn't important. Like, it's just – I mean, you're watching them – like, it's the primary position you're watching every Sunday for most people – You know, read a book called uh, uh, Take Your Eyes Off the Ball by Pat Kerwin. Maybe that's not the case, uh, which is an excellent resource if you want to learn more about football. But I think for most fans, we're watching the quarterback. We're watching the ball, right? So I I don't want to play a fantasy game where they're not important. But we're going to go ahead and close it out here, I think, guys. It was a great 2017. We're so glad you guys stayed with us and and listened to us. We went through several host changes. We got Chad on board, and now we've got Ryan with us. And we're all very excited for 2018. But uh, Ryan, any uh, final closing thoughts here on 27-17? Any words of wisdom, or just uh, you know anything you want to tell the audience here?
1: I, I would just say embrace the off-season as a dynasty owner. It uh, you kind of said this earlier, Matt. I do. I do think it's the best part of uh, of playing dynasty that the draft and free agency and, and all of these events that has really have really made the NFL a year-round sport. Uh, I'm I'm excited for those, and you should be too.
2: How about you, Dan? Any uh, last, last, uh, last-second thoughts? I'm just going
0: to piggyback on that. And, you know, right now is the time, especially once the Super Bowl wraps up or the, those weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. I really start, I jump on YouTube and just click on a player's name and and, and start watching highlight videos and uh, really get get excited for the NFL draft. That's what we're all excited for. Figuring out who's going to be available, who's going to go back to school. Keeping your eye on that is a good way to get a jump start on your on your dynasty offseason and all the competition that just sits there and think it's not football season. It uh, doesn't really matter. By, by paying attention and watching these guys and, and taking a close look at these new rookies that are coming in, you're going to get a step up for sure.
2: Yeah, and I can, just, I can just feel like the excitement building in the back of my head as you guys are talking like, oh, we're going to get into these rookies and, and uh, it's going to be just like the start of the NFL season for us and the start of the fantasy season. So as I am, I'm kind of a little bit relieved that the season and all the stress that comes with it is, is, is coming to a close, I'm equally excited about uh, the next uh, six months or so as we get into these new players and start projecting for 2018. So thank you guys so much. Uh, if you want to continue with us uh, in terms of playing fantasy, uh, please check out the Playoff League. again just rate and review the podcast on itunes and send a screenshot to ryan mcdowell at ryan mc23 on twitter uh, you can also find dan myler on twitter at dmilo 22 you can find the podcast at dlf podcast and you can find me at m thanks everybody we will see you next year uh, what's his name I'm losing my, almost lost my train of thought. Are you thinking <laughs> Sorry, of Lance Aaron. Kendricks? No, oh, okay. uh, 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 Aaron Rodgers just came back and made. Did Richard you forget Rogers Aaron Rodgers' like name? And op- no, no, <laughs> Richard Rodgers. <laughs> All right, I guess we have our Easter egg. <laughs> uh,